Welcome to JRCigars.com, the world's largest cigar store. We boast the internet's widest selection of premium hand-rolled cigars at the guaranteed lowest prices. Our reinvigorated website is fast, user-friendly, and offers our customers an array of unique features. No access to a computer? No problem. Download our ShopJR app in the Google Play Store or our Steals and Deals in the App Store, and you'll have access to our extensive selection at the tip of your fingers. With the fastest low-cost shipping in the industry, JR Cigars guarantees same-day shipping if you order before 3. This is JRCigars.com. All of the cigars, none of the hassle. Get ready for Smoke Night Live with Massa Sensei. Boom, here we are, ladies and gentlemen. This Never is uh, episode 139 of Smoke Night Live, Jack. It is. My co host, Jack Heyer. Welcome the to the show. I've been dubbed by myself. <laughs> My mother as well, she voted. Dojo, thanks for joining us tonight. I see a, a bunch of folks on Facebook popping in. Uh, this is the uh, obviously this is this is where it all goes down. This is where it all goes down. This is where it all goes down. Welcome, uh, obviously our producer Jordan. Hello, Jordan. I am here. Jordan is <laughs> over I there. I have to be here. Sure Jordan's <laughs> producing. What are you doing, Jordan? Clicking away. He's producing. Clicking. Jordan typing. Producing. He's mm. playing Tetris. This is going to be a fun show, folks, because uh, you know it's crazy, Jack. Uh, the we the last couple episodes of Smoke Night Live. Could have been guys that that you know were out of the industry. Mm. Uh, we had sure. Jack Tarano on last, but then right before the show, Boom. He, he ended S- up getting a job, swooped up, and uh, going on to Espinosa. But but our guest tonight, I don't think is is we going in that direction. But we're going to find out. Uh, Fred Ruiz is going to be our yeah, guest. We'll might introduce su- him here might in a surprise minute. Surprise you. But he's been on the show several times. He's always entertaining and uh, interesting. He's one of the more interesting cats in the biz. So we'll be excited to have. Fred on the show, but before we get there, Jack. Yes. Uh, guys, if you're interested in the Room 101 Noodles project that we did, there's only a few bundles left. And if you want to save a whole extra 20 bucks on Room 101 Noodles, you can get it if you just use uh, coupon code NOODLES. So we want to just, uh, if, if, there's not many left, so if you want to get your hands on them, let's get rid of them. JR, JR Cigars. If they scrounged some up and they wanted to give them back. Yeah, so uh, that that makes them uh, at 79 bucks. They're originally 110. So uh, after the original discount, now plus this next discount, you're you're really saving $30. We're basically trying to give them to you. You're going to make money. Yeah. You will I, I, you age them. You'll age them. You'll make I mean, money. I don't know how commodities work, but buy buy low, sell high, various. Exactly. So uh, I would take advantage if I was you. And believe me, you wish you weren't. If I was you. <laughs> uh, that would be a, a great way to get a nice bundle of cigars. Uh, Ten cigars for 79 bucks. Boom. It's a good deal. Hey, uh, Jack, February 16th is yes. the Great Smoke in uh, West Palm Beach, Florida. It's uh, Smoke In's event. And get this, there's going to be a special little dojo section there. Yeah. Where we, we dojo peeps can hang out yeah, together. Yeah, you, you have to have a dojo neck tattoo to get or in. A, or a coin. A coin. Maybe. Or a neck tattoo. Or just really just kiss up to me. Yeah. If you really kiss up to me, 
we'll let you in the special dojo section of the Great Smoke. But but honestly, if you're anywhere in the area or even not in the area, yeah, make your way down there. It's fly a great, down. It's a great event, anyways, and we'll be there. And we'll be there hanging out. Uh, it's going to be a blast. So that's February 16th. We're going to do a live show on the 15th from the Red Meat Lovers event. We're going to do a live show there. So this is um, just a little less than a month away. Yeah. Or maybe about a just month away. Just enough time to make your travel plans. Yeah, make some travel plans. Come on. It's, you know, hey, it's cold. It's winter. It's time to fly down to Florida. This is what... You know, birds. That's what do. the whole point is of it's Florida. Exactly. So come down there and hang out with us. We'll have some fun. In fact, if you come hang out at our table, maybe I'll have a dojo challenge coin to give you at that oh. point. It's something that might happen. But so that'll be a, a oh. good time. And then we're gonna be in Florida for a long time, Jack. You're gonna be there for what how long do we I'm track gonna be you there at? like two weeks. I'm gonna but you're gonna be there for quite a while as well. Yeah. Uh, we're gonna do a couple shows down there. We're gonna do a show with the Alec Bradley folks. Uh, which should be fun. We're gonna smoking do smoking around town. We're gonna hang out with Terrence Popping from in on our buddies. Does he know that? He's watching the show right now. Of course he knows that. <laughs> hey, Terrence, by the way. Hey, Terrence, we're gonna be you there. You got some <laughs> extra space on your couch, buddy. <laughs> we're popping in, so that'll be fun. Hey guys, the other night, Jack. The other night, I know you weren't there because you had uh, you're you're sick. But the other night we go. So there's this really really old hotel in Denver. Mm, yes. It's called the Brown Palace. Fun fact: A the fun granite fact. in the Brown Palace. My family mined it. Boom. What? Wait, 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 wait. Say that one more time. My ancestors were granite miners, so the mi- the granite that they mined was used in the Brown Palace. I'm never going back there. <laughs> That's why it's so sturdy, <laughs> baby. Come on. So anyways, we go down there to meet with John Parker. A lot of you do- dojo guys know John Parker. He's a longtime dojo guy. He's a hotel tycoon uh, and owns a ton of to- hotels. So we're hanging out with John Parker. And then as we're smoking, we, you know, we're having a good time, blah, da da And uh, this guy comes up, and he's like, hey, you guys are the dojo, aren't you? And I was like. Not now, buddy. I got, I got things going on. <laughs> I was like, yeah, yeah, we're the dojo. And he's like, he's like, hey, I'm a dojo guy. I'm stick man on the dojo. And I was like, oh, that's nice to meet you. Uh, he's like, oh, my name's Scott. And we, like, talked for a while. Turns out Scott is, he was, he's working on the orchestral parts of the Weird Al Yankovic tour. That is the coolest thing I've ever heard. He, and he, <laughs> so we see him over there, and he's, he's got like a, a laptop like I have here, but then under on his like lap, he has like a keyboard. He's literally like, he's got headphones on. He's literally working on the Weird Al Yankovic adding like fart noises in. <laughs> tour <laughs> of course. on That's his trombone. lap. It was incredible, and then like about uh, 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 maybe a, a half an hour later, he just came and sat with us, and we just hung out the rest of the night. His name's Scott, and he's here in the studio audience tonight. So welcome, Hello. Scott, right here with all the rest Scotty of the uh, studio audience. So thank you, Scott, for doing that. Man, he's a cool dude, and what a cool job, right? Yeah. I mean, you know, you get to do, uh, you know, apparently, apparently, <laughs> apparently, you get to do the thing. <laughs> I don't know all the details, and I, I maybe I shouldn't even be saying any of this, but apparently yeah, during it's like super secret yeah. double <laughs> contracts. Apparently during the Weird Al Yankovic show, he'll literally be. Uh, I'm going. That's he, true. At he, Red will liter- <laughs> he will literally be, uh, you know, what do you call that? Uh, conducting. Dancing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He'll <laughs> <laughs> no. no. He'll be conducting. He'll be conducting the orchestra for Weird Al Yank. So that just goes to show you, Jack, dojo guys. It's, it's, it, for him, it's just Al. Just dojo guys, they're everywhere. They're, they're everywhere. They're everywhere and they Weird Al is my father. Call me Al. Call me regular old Al. <laughs> they have a lot of cool jobs, and so welcome, Scott, to uh, Dojo Studios. 
Super glad to have him here in studio hanging out with us. Uh, smoking. He's, he, you know what he's smoking right now? He's smoking a uh, Nomad. Huh. I believe, was that a martial law? He's smoking, smoking a Nomad, nomad martial, martial law, law, which is a segue to bring on our guest. Wow. Jack, a You're segue. You're pro. 179 episodes in, and you got this down. And now I can finally do things <laughs> somewhat you know, reasonable. So let's bring him on, folks. Uh, Fred Rui, welcome to the show, my friend. Welcome to Smoke My Life. How are you doing, brother? I'm doing great. Thank you very much. Yeah, so it's exciting to have you on. Now, Fred, uh, since we've talked last, which has been maybe, I don't know, a year, I'm not sure. Wait, I got I to do this because this is like... Oh, you know, Ooh, well, since we talked last cigar. on the show, we saw him down... Look at that sexy beast. Fred was kind enough Look to show up that. to our dojo release party. Yeah, Fred was at, yeah, the, uh, yeah. at the Tampa... At the Tampa Dojo release party of our Davidoff, but uh, so Fred, since we've talked, um, a lot has happened in your life. Um, one of the things that happened was you have uh, sold off Nomad Cigars. So uh, let's what? let's talk about that. What uh, what was what happened? Why did you sell it? What was the reason behind that? And uh, and let's go from there. Um, you know, it was it was a it was a tough decision. Um, you know, the entire experience, which I would not change for anything. Um, you know, it was it was seven years nomad, and, and I really just wanted to have a shot and build a portfolio, and I did. We ended up with you know forty three SKUs, sixteen regular production blends. Got to work with some amazing factories. You know, AJ Fernandez, Ovea Negra, and uh, L and 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 Dr. Um, so. I was really at an impasse that, for me, um, a lot of the fun part for me was kind of getting sucked out of it. Um, mm. You know, it was easy when it was small. Mm. It was easy when you only had a handful of shops and you're, you know, you're under a hundred shops and you're able to visit them all, you know, pretty much in a year or a lot of them anyway. Uh, you know, the blending was always my favorite part to go down, you know, for two month blocks and be down there and blend cigars and, and all that stuff. And then, you know, I, I mean, I got to say the FDA kind of stuff just kind of wore on me a little bit. Mm -hmm. um, I still think that's a battle that can be won. But I think the farther we get into it, the, the less likely that there's not going to be a problem. Um, so, you know, when I when I couldn't blend new cigars and I, and I couldn't, you know, give out cigars to consumers, you know, officially and things like that. Um, when you're having to talk to your attorney like every week on what forms you need and what dollar something's going to cost you to redo labels or warning labels or, you know, stuff like that. So um, I really had to make a decision. You know, I, I never wanted to sacrifice anything. And it, for me, it was never about the bottom line. And I, and I don't know if I said it on the show before or not, but, you know, we always had that you know, that question of what makes a boutique. And I was actually on Coop show years ago. And I, the, the definition of boutique is everybody says, well, it's a million cigars or it's, it's you, know, uh, you know, so much dollar amount. And I always said that there were big guys that I thought were still boutique, you know, that have, that have exceeded those numbers. And the definition I always gave was is that the point of which you make a decision on a blend based on the bottom line profitability of the blend versus what you know is right to make for the blend, you're no longer boutique. And I didn't want to get to that point financially when you were looking at blends and costs and cutting corners and stuff i didn't want to take that the company in that direction and i didn't know what to cut out of the portfolio on the process so um you know it, i i guess it was a, a matter of going out on top i mean and, mm -hmm. and maybe it was a little bit of um 
you know, I, I don't want to say selling out for from a money standpoint, but selling out from the standpoint of, oh, you know, you should have ground through it. You should have you should have kept going. You should have kept foraging on. And, and, you know, I, I was a cigar smoker before I ever started the brand, long before I ever started the brand. And I was always during the brand was still an avid cigar smoker, even stuff that wasn't mine. I love when new cigars come out. I love trying other people's stuff. And so that never changed. Um, what I got was a wonderful seven-year experience of, you know, like the kid in the Make-A-Wish Foundation that mm. just wanted to learn how to blend cigars and go down there and spend real time in, in Nicaragua and, and, and Honduras and DR and things like that. So um, it had just come to the point that I had to make the decision, would I take it through to the next level? And was I, you know, I, I didn't want to be on the road 300 days a year and stuff like that. So a little bit of it was kind of a cop-out and a little bit was from a lifestyle standpoint for me that I was getting sucked into the, I never wanted to be the guy running the company. I wanted to be the guy that was blending cigars and hanging with consumers and doing the fun stuff. And, yeah, and maybe that's lame. I don't know. Maybe, maybe you know, only wanting to do the fun stuff's lame, but um, it just got to where it wasn't fun. And, 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 and I didn't want to be there when it wasn't fun anymore. So you ended up selling to the Ezra Zion folks. Um, uh, did you, did they approach you? Did you approach them? How did the, how did that all transpire? They approached, they approached me. So, before the FDA bomb dropped, uh, I got a lot of inquiries as to Nomad. You know, it, it had made a pretty significant presence for the fourth year. It wasn't necessarily the biggest sales yet, but it was definitely making a presence. Um, and then once the FDA bomb dropped, you know, the phone wasn't ringing anymore. Your big guys are just like, you know, we got to take care of our own stuff right. first. So um, I was not looking to sell. I, I, I was not, you know, I was not entertaining it. I wasn't thinking about it. I think I was like with a lot of boutiques, we were pretty much in a holding pattern trying to figure out, look, you know, I, I wasn't going to make decisions based on the FDA because um, who knows if it was even going to happen. So I wasn't going to worry about stuff that was not happening yet, but I was going to be prepared for it. Um, and, you know, if the FDA stuff does go through, it's a big dollar amount that I just don't know that I was willing to write. I mean, you know, at 47 SKUs, it could be, you know, a million plus to just stay in business, let alone, you know, not counting producing and you start buying more tobacco and, you know, how, how much tobacco do you buy? How many years do you forecast for? Um, so uh, they, they actually just called me out of the blue um, and they just said, look, would you be interested in selling? And I said, um, you know, probably not. But, you know, you know, I'm I'm willing, you know, I'm always one that's willing to listen to, you know, what's the deal and what's what's the terms and had to do a lot of soul searching. You're like, make me an offer. You can't. I can't refuse. So tell us exactly what the the dollar amount was. I can't say that. But, you know, it was it was it was a it was a good deal for both of us. So I just, you know, and we talked about, you know, staying on versus not or something. But I'm kind of one of those people. I'm either 100 percent involved yeah, or not. I right. The middle ground doesn't work for me. Um, so I'm you know, I, I have to say that I'm kind of relieved right now because I'm you know, like I went, I went to your event. I'm going to Pro Cigar next month. I'm going to go do Underground's event next month just for the fun of it. Um, I'm enjoying being in consumer mode right now. Mm. I've certainly got stuff I'm working on on the side for people in the industry unofficially, you know, checking out blends or helping with certain things. But um, right now it's kind of a good place to be and not have the stress of, you know, God, how much tobacco do I buy or what do I got to, you know, what am I going to do for this? Or God, I need six different warning labels on, you know, on 20 different box designs, you know, that kind of thing. Was there, was there any consideration in your mind? Like, you know, if I sell to these guys, what will happen to my brand? I mean, uh, do I want to sell it 
to this guy or that guy or that guy, depending on you know what happens to the brand after I'm gone. Like I I, I, I imagine yeah. I yeah. imagine to myself like if somebody came to me and wanted to buy the dojo. Well, I've been wanting like, to turn we'll give it you into like seventy five bucks, and I'm like, hey. hey I've been wanting to turn it into a TMZ-style smut blog yeah. for the longest time. Right. So, like, you know, hypothetically, I win the lottery. Boom. We just start following around Juan Cancel, baby. Wait till that, And that's drunk. why we won't sell to you. <laughs> but, no, was there any consideration in your mind, like, you know, like, hey, yeah, you yeah, know, yeah, I, I, I want my baby to, to go on in a certain way. Like, it's my baby. It's something that I've poured my heart and soul into. Did you say to them, like, hey, you know, what are you guys going to do with my brand when you buy it? Or does that... Is, does that even enter no, into the I equation? Mean, actually, you know what? Uh, uh, Jim Young with Davidoff, um, he won't even remember. Well, maybe he would now that I said it. But we were in DR um, years ago. I want to say it was probably 2014 maybe. And um, I had asked his advice because I said, you know, I was getting phone calls on things and stuff like that. Not from Davidoff, which I would have loved that phone call. But that wasn't one of them. <laughs> sure, yeah, right. Uh, and I, and I, said, I said, you know, I, I you know, told him. And he said, look, he says, you know, you have to understand. He says, Where, wherever your brand goes, he said, it's going to dramatically change the first year. Um, it's, it's just, you know, it is what it is. And, and you know, it's, everybody's going to do things differently than you would do it. Everybody's going to have a different vision for it. So... I had to, in my mind, know that what somebody was going to do with it, I may not, it may not necessarily be my style or it may not be what I would do with it. But I had to more so look at somebody that I thought were good people. And even though I don't agree with the direction or disagree with the direction, I have to know that their heart's in the right place. So um, Chris and Kyle, I, li I like them both. I've worked with them closely when they were part of, uh, you know, House of Emilio, you know, and everything else. And then it obviously had evolved from there. Um, but, uh, you know, LJ Zuka and everything, that was a good relationship. Even though we were friendly competitors, we always had really good meetings together. I always respected where their heart was in the industry and things like that. So I, I went more on the people than I did what was going to happen to the brand. Because I was pretty sure no matter what, anybody did with the brand it wouldn't be my choice and and, mm -hmm. and that's okay i mean that's just that's just the way it's going to be so what what is um in your opinion what's next for you are you just going to hang out for a while i mean is there still that itch to you know be on a plane be in shops be you know pushing product or are you just kind of liking where you're at now and kicking your feet up and well i look i mean the industry's changed a lot now i mean honestly what i what i thought would have probably happened is that and and the, 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 the conversations that, that occurred after selling, um, look, there's a very short list of companies that I would work with. Mm -hmm. So, you know, dream job wise in the industry, I love the industry. I, I, I won't be totally out of it. Um, you know, I love the marketing. I yeah. love the concept. I love the idea of a, of, a, of a blend and what to do with it and how to talk to consumers. And, the, and that conversation with consumers is very, very important. Um, but you know, a lot of companies have really scaled back on their marketing all yeah. of a sudden, Sure. Um, you know, for, from a dollar standpoint. And like I said, there's a very short list of companies that I either A, respect their product or B, respect their philosophy. So um, I don't know that, that, I'll, that I'll fall into one of those. And, I, and I'm OK if I don't, because I'm really mm -hmm. enjoying the consumer. I mean, I own a marketing company. I didn't you know, Nomad wasn't built off Nomad dollars, particularly in the very beginning. Um, you know, I own a marketing company. I still own a marketing company. So I've been much more involved with that for the last several months than, than normal. Um, and then I've got a couple sideline projects we're playing with. I'm talking to a, a producer about a television show, which could be kind of fun. Ooh. Um, 
you know. As Jack pointed out before the show, I look like I'm on, I'm on naked and afraid. Yeah, right that's now that's I'm an outside. angle we should pursue. <laughs> the, the problem is he's not naked. <laughs> that's uh, yeah, that's a big that's, problem. <laughs> that's right well, off the bat. Is is one of the prerequisites. I, 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 I have that. better ratings if I'm not naked. So um, <laughs> we'll be the judge of that. <laughs> so that so just Fred. Awkward. <laughs> so so here we are. It's uh it's a couple months after it's happened, uh, yeah. after you've sold, and. Um, has things changed in that in that couple months? Like, do you sense a direction that you're heading or that you want to do now? Or are you still sort of in that phase of, oh, I'm just kind of feeling things out and see where they go? Um, I'm definitely still in the phase of, I'm just feeling things out. I, I am one of those people that have, I mean, I have enough on my plate with the marketing company and everything, but I, I am one of those people that can just sit and wait. You know, you'll wake up one morning and you've got that idea, or that one phone call rings and stuff like that. And I'm certainly appreciative of the people that have called and talked about different things, but it's just not my opportunity. I mean, the one thing I've done my entire life is almost every single job I've ever worked, I've enjoyed. Hmm. And if there's a point where I don't enjoy that job anymore, if it's not fun for me, then I've pretty much said, you know what, it's time to move on to something else. So um, I'm okay hanging out and, and waiting. I'm, I'm okay. I've, you know, I mean, I got a little bit more golf in, and, you know, I'm, I'm enjoying smoking a whole lot of array of cigars, and I can post it without anybody giving me crap. <laughs> or, hey, that's not your brand. You shouldn't post that. I'm like, you know what? And I get to speak very freely right now. I mean, I get to speak, you know, I mean, when I'm on, you know, stuff like this, I can say, you know what? I didn't like that cigar or whatever. Now, let's I, get I into that. Yeah. Who have you been wanting to bash? <laughs> let's burn some bridges. Don't burn them. Let's blow them yeah, up. Yeah, you don't even have to come back if you don't want to. <laughs> Boom. <laughs> no, but seriously, well, uh, Fred, <laughs> if you look back at the Nomad days, and uh, for, you've made a lot of really, really good cigars. In fact, you gave me... You gave me a couple cigars at the show this year that you had made in the DR early on that had been mm -hmm. aging for a long time, and yeah. they, they, were, they were absolutely fantastic. So my question right now to you is, is, give me a couple of things that you were really proud of that you did through the Nomad days, and then maybe if, you, if, if there's any examples of things that maybe didn't go like you thought they were going to go. So give me, give me the highs and lows of Nomad through the years. Okay, all right. So um, some of the cigars that I'm, I'm most proud of, um, I would say the Connecticut Fuerte, definitely. That was a great um, cigar. It, it was a time when no one had got, brought back, and the, it was the biggest cigar that everybody told me not to make mm. because I took a Dominican cigar and added Nicaraguan Lajero, and I, the idea was that you could have a mild cigar, but you could still have flavor to it and still not get the mild guy out, and everybody told me not to make it, and it ended up being an absolute home run. Um, now yeah, that was I a very highly rated cigar. Yeah, no, I mean, it's still, I mean, there are still like bloggers and stuff like that, that they're like, you know, and, and other manufacturers are like, I know they still get them because they call me up and go, Hey man, where can I get those? That's my breakfast smoke. The, the Connecticut Porte Lancero, um, which I don't think you can get anymore, but, and the Robusto where everybody's like cup of coffee in the morning cigar. So I'm, I'm probably most proud of that cigar. Um, uh, but I will also say the flip side on that particular line is is that the only cigar out of 47 SKUs or whatever it ended up being, the only cigar that I, I should not have put out that didn't meet my standard was the Connecticut Fuerte in the Bellicoso shape. Mm, interesting. Um, it just, for whatever reason, I just, but the whole rest of that line was perfect. The Bellicoso came out about four months later, and I kept smoking it and smoking it, and I'm like, something slightly off in this, this size, 
I kept aging it a little bit longer and I released it and it wasn't a bad cigar by any means because it was the same blend as the rest of the Forte line. But it was just one in the back of my mind that just even to this day when I smoke it, I'm like, you know what? It just didn't meet the standard. I don't know if I needed to blend it differently, the ratios or what. But it was it was the only cigar out of all the cigars that I'm like, I don't know about that. You know, that's uh, that's really interesting, Fred, because that, you know, just that a different size can make such a dramatic difference. And one of the things I thought was interesting about what you used to do with Nomad was sort of your hacking blend seminars. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You, you sort of had this this. Uh, a, a different take, like you know, you hear a lot of people like blending Jack that are like, oh, you know, we started with this, we worked into this, da 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 da. We kind of, you know, our forefathers have been doing this for <laughs> yeah, three hundred yeah. years. Well, you know, Fred's sort of like approach was like, I'm just gonna like start like messing around essentially, yeah. and and then and see how things go. Like, talk about your hacking. Uh, blending that was a really uh, different unique sort of thing in the industry yeah yeah it came out i mean so well jose does one he does one where he has the different wrappers right. along the cigar so as you smoke through it which is if you've never seen his his seminar it's, I, I highly recommend it i mean you know you're smoking the same cigar but the only thing changing is the wrapper as you go through about every centimeter and a half and the flavor change so i talked to him i said look i'm thinking of doing this but the idea was was to take you know, just the raw tobacco. So I gave everybody like just a cigar, you know, a Frito that was only Ometepe and just one that was only Esli Lajero and just one that was only Jalapa. And they tasted each of them individually. And then we gave them a final cigar that all those came together and they had a chance to do it. My idea was, look, I mean, I could be down in, in, in those countries, like I said before, and, you know, I could spend the rest of my life down there and not know as much as half those guys. I, you know, I'm not a master blender. I, I had a cooking background, and I hacked my way through it, and that's what I would do. I would sit at a table, bring all the leaves that I thought I was going to play with, tell them, okay, put a full leaf of this, half leaf of this, full leaf of this, half leaf of this, you know, put it in a neutral binder, smoke it, and go, okay, well, that sucks. Take that out. Let's put this in. Let's try something different. And I would hack my way through it. And I would say with more experience, you get better at knowing what tobaccos not to mix because like you know what they, what's not going to work. Fence. But right. I will tell you that for the most part, blending, mm -hmm. that's what it is. You, it's trial and error. You flip things around. You try them around until you get it. So the idea was to take that experience to the consumer and get them close to as blending as they possibly could right there, even though I'd already pre-selected the, the tobaccos. Right. I'm actually convinced that uh, Jose Blanco, that Jose Blanco is who you're talking about, I'm convinced that his blending seminars are just a vehicle for him to make fun of you. Yeah. <laughs> have you ever? If you've ever been to one, yeah, you've ever like, been to one. Like, oh, I can't really pick like, up a flavor. No, he's like, what are you? There's no <laughs> dumb questions. And then there's, you ask a question. There's yeah. no dumb questions. Now ask a question, Jack. It's like, oh, is, is tobacco smell bad? That's sometimes? the dumbest <laughs> freaking question I've ever heard. <laughs> All of, a sudden, he's he's like, like, yeah, like a all, all of a sudden, he's an old Jewish guy. Yeah, hi, 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 hi. I, tried, I tried to have the user-friendly version of the, of the <laughs> seminar. I did, I did call him in advance because I didn't want to have him feel like I was stepping on his toes. Because right. he was pretty well known for doing those seminars. Sure. So I called him, and he's always been great to me, and I've always been supportive of him. And I said, look, Jose, I'm thinking of doing this. I, I don't know. And, he, and he's like, no, absolutely. He says, the more people that can educate. And then he gave me some advice. Like he says, look, if somebody asks you a question Make and you fun don't know the answer, <laughs> don't, don't, he, says, he said, don't lie. And I'm like, well, I, okay, I've got that one. I, I, I'm pretty safe on that one. Okay. But, I mean, he was super supportive, great guy. Um, and, uh, and I still sit in his, his sessions, but he won't let me answer any questions. <laughs> okay, folks. Hey, guys, uh, we're halfway through the show. If you want to ask a question of Fred, 
Ask Already? It on, ask it on Facebook. Right. Put, put Ask Dojo. We're going to take a little commercial break. And, Jack, when we come back, uh, besides the user questions, we're going to do our weekly top five. Let's do it. So hang with us for uh, a minute. We'll be back. And uh, we're going to have some more fun. Right, Jack? Here at SeriousCigars.com, we specialize in premium high-end and boutique cigars, along with carrying a wide selection of the most popular cigar brands around. We have an array of premium cigars, accessories, humidors, cutters, and lighters. When new products hit the market, SeriousCigars.com is the first to have them available for sale. We offer a variety of promotions to all of our customers. As an added bonus, order by 3 p.m. Monday through Saturday, and your order ships the very same day. Our best in-class customer service team can help with whatever you need. We are SeriousCigars.com. You live a cigar lifestyle? Do you have a passion for fine beer, premium spirits, and old cuisine? If so, you are in the right place. This is Cigars.com. What makes Cigars.com unique, it's not only its superb selection of premium cigars, but the fact that it is powered by you. We will showcase special deals and features along with tips and tricks from industry experts to enhance your cigar lifestyle. A new era in cigars have arrived, and it starts here. Oh, here we are back, Jack. We're back. Uh, late breaking news. Late um, breaking news. Go ahead. You can. There's a discount code for 10% off your Great Smoke ticket. Boom. I believe it is Smoke what? in 10. Smoke, smoke in, in 10. 10. Yeah. Smoke Use that. in I N N 10. The number 1010. So if you want to come join us, we'll get 10% there. off. Don't to hang Apparently, out. it's like the, the first time Abe has offered a, a discount on this. Really? I was so, going to say, I don't think he's ever offered a discount. So there is one, and we got it. That's, that's Dojo Power right Dojo there. Courtesy of Chaz. Chaz. Thank you, Chaz. Chaz, yeah. correct us if that promo code is incorrect. And by the way, today Abe uh, texted me images of the... His uh, junk? Of <laughs> <laughs> hey, hey, check this out, Eric. <laughs> Come on. You want to see those? Oh, no. oh, you got a picture of his junk. <laughs> no, he, he, he texted me an image of the Cigar Dojo Press Pass. Oh, it was custom for a cigar dojo. Oh wow! So that's, that's where the junk was on. Nah, yeah, that's a junk drive, if you will. <laughs> it, was, <laughs> yeah, it was on there. So uh, I don't know. It's gonna be. Pink. That's usually the response I get from a junk. <laughs> by the way. <laughs> uh, I don't know. By the way, by the way, I, I saw you post a picture. I don't answer any more questions unless I got a coin coming. Oh, oh okay. okay. Well, I right. just need an address, and then we're good to go. All right. Smoke Done. in ten. Are, Smoke are in ten. Uh, Fred? Will you be at the Great Smoke in February? I don't know. It's the day. It's the day or day before I leave for Pro Cigar. That's so correct. That's but the day before. Tried. That's the day before the Pro Cigars. You don't need to leave the seventeenth. So you boom, you're good. We talked. Well, I go down a little early for some extra fun. Extracurriculars. With some friends that I meet that, so. <laughs> so we tried we, to go. You no, know, we, we 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 hit all these like restaurants before and stuff. It's great. We tried after to. We, tried, talk, to, we yeah. tried to go to Pro Cigar after. after actually, uh, Fred uh, was uh, the Fred was the uh, catalyst, and we pushed the pavement hard. And we were so close, but we just got to it a little late. Like, we, we started yeah, we our campaign. To, we got to it a little late. Next year, we're, 
Next, a little next. late for them to make it happen? Or? Yes, <laughs> a little yeah. late for them. Mm, yeah. They were able to accommodate two of us, and I said, well, hey, there's three. And yeah, uh, I, just, I, I, we willing to sit on Jordan's lap most of the time. <laughs> <laughs> Leave well, that bunk, I do, you know. I do have a large room that has two beds, oh. so it's, if it's a hotel what? issue. Do you mind spooning? Is there? What's your... Might, uh, What's your opinion on spooning? You're not going to like Thursdays. <laughs> I can I can be big or little, just depending on how much I've had to drink. I'm just saying if that if that that's sounded barrier, much worse. I, have, <laughs> I, have, I, have, I have a large group of two that uh, you know. If it's a hotel bed. Oh, my Lord. Let's move on. <laughs> <laughs> so, hey, if you're just joining us, uh, this is episode 179. My co-host, Jack Hyde. Our guest, Fred Rui, of, uh, formerly of Nomad Cigars. Who's now sold the company and moved on to uh, just drinking other, and smoking, other ventures, which is, which is smoking and drinking and hanging out. Which and is my dream job. Absolutely nothing wrong with that. But Fred, hey, thanks for joining us on this Friday night. Uh, folks, if you've got questions, please ask them now on Facebook. And uh, we'll ask uh, Fred directly your, your questions. We also have a studio audience. I don't know, Scott, if you have... I know you're a big fan. Scott is a big Nomad fan. In fact, let me tell you a little story. I said, hey, Scott, you should come to the Dojo Studios this Friday night. It's going to be great. We'll have a fun time. We'll hang out. We'll play some hacky stack. He was like, nah. Is Scott, is Scott the Weird Al Yankovic guy? Yeah, yes. he's the Weird Al. Yeah. And I, he so was like, just for the record, I'm a big Weird Al Yankovic ooh, fan. I, I so can, Scott, Scott and I offline can work out a deal. I'm, I, I know. <laughs> yeah. He's, he's giving three thumbs up somehow. Right. I don't <laughs> know. He drew an extra but arm. Somehow he had not seen UHF. Uh, that's, yeah, that's, you, a, that's a prerequisite. That's a Weird Al Yankovic. Yeah. But anyway, Scott was like, uh, "No, Wait, I, 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 I can't come. I can't go. I can't. I can't come Friday night." And, and then I was, and then I was like, uh, "You know, uh, Fred Rui is going to be on the show." He was like, like, "Oh, it's crazy. My dinner uh, just got <laughs> rescheduled. I'm there. <laughs> I'm there. I'm there. So, uh, oh. so I can tell now why Scott's here. But hey, that's all right. We're we're all right with that. Um, no, Fred. Uh, uh, so getting into your travel show, now I saw some logos that you did recently online. You were working on some drug map. Rogue map. Yeah, Rogue Map. What, what, yeah. what, what's your uh, idea there? Give us a little insight on what that show theoretically could be like. Um, wow. Uh, what, can, what am I allowed to say? Um, uh, food. Okay. Travel. Kind of like a Bacon? Anthony Bourdain, but more, more entrepreneurial people starting things up. And a really wicked trailer that we we have now. Sizzle reel. Pulling behind the, yeah, a sizzle wheel. <laughs> so yeah, yeah. So all right. Well, we're so, gonna... yeah. First, somebody speaking of bacon. Somebody asked, "What's your go-to bacon?" Kevin did. Kevin Hughes, El Echero. Your go-to bacon. Boy, you know what? That's that's tough. If you're talking about regular store-bought, um, right is pretty solid. Uh, a thick cut always, whenever possible. Um, but yeah, I'm a huge bacon guy. I mean, if, if nobody's figured that out following me on Facebook or Twitter, then I, I don't know how much more hints to drop on it. Fred, but, there's uh, not too many people that utilize social media as well as you do. I mean, you're a very good at... He was the first on, on Twitter. He was pretty first much... cigar guy. Yeah, pretty much the first. You know, you can follow him at, at Godfather um, on Twitter. And one of the first guys that really started utilizing social media to his benefit and uh, still to this day you know people follow you because their your tweets and and stuff you post on facebook are creative and funny that's plays a big role right like 20 years ago those guys didn't have 
this tool at their disposal. But uh, anybody that's in marketing, whether it be cigars or bourbon or beer or whatever, uh, social media, if you use it in a in a an appropriate way, it can be a really valuable tool. Yeah, I think um, you know it was definitely instrumental in Nomad getting on the map as fast as it did. Um, and I don't I, I, by far. I mean, I credit a lot of it to that. It does have a seal, a natural ceiling to it. Um, but you know, my, my, my philosophy was, is that they would more so know me and know what I thought was funny and observations and things that I shared as opposed to, you know, guys that use social media, even in the cigar industry that, you know, every post is, here's me smoking my cigar. Here's me smoking my cigar. I get it. You smoke your cigars, move on. Tell me about the people, the brand, the lifestyle, the man behind the scenes type thing. So, and, and, and it's also an awesome tool to interact with other cigar smokers. And I don't need to tell this group that because, I mean, this is, this is you know, never smoke alone. I mean, you know, you're, you're, you're on Dojo and it was all built by that, which I think what you guys built is phenomenal. Um, and I really wish I had the idea before you did. But, <laughs> you know, yeah, I mean, I was the first person to put Twitter, my Twitter handle on every single band. Um, and you know, there's some guys out there now since then that have done a lot better with, with social media and stuff, no, no doubt. Um, but yeah, it was an accident that started and, and, and I'm, and I, and I love it. And to this day, I still interact with everybody. Yeah. Uh, Coop, cigar hyphen Coop, our good buddy has a question. Does the McRib need a new version? Hmm. A new McRib. A new McRib. By the way, we'll be talking about that in a week. Yeah. Top five. Topical. Oh. No, did New Coke need a new version? No. no. Yeah, good point. Good. I point. think it might be. T- have you ever seen what a McRib looks like? Like un, like raw. just like a raw Naked. McRib. I it looks like styrofoam. Kind I of think it's a little bit. I think it's just about time for a McBacon. Oh, I, just, I like that. Sto- I've never you know, liked the McRib. Does anybody actually like that? I kind of like it. Fred, Fred will travel the world for a, a McRib. I I have gotten on a plane for McRib. I will yes, not lie. Will, what? It's good. What's, what yeah. is going on with that sandwich? It, it, don't <laughs> it is. It is like just like rib meat pressed in the shape mm. of rib. But that's what's wrong with that? I think it's delicious. Look, look there's two. There's two things on the McRib though. The, what's funny about the McRib Mick. is you either love it or hate it. There is not one person that says. I oh, could go either okay. way. <laughs> I mean, no, it's like it is the best thing ever. I can respect or the most that. Disgusting <laughs> thing on the planet. There is no middle ground on the McRib. Somebody <laughs> wants to know if you've ever tried sous vide. Bacon. How do you say that, by the way? Sous vide. Sous vide. Sous vide. Oh, so that's so. So sous vide, Matt. Uh, Matt's a chef here in the audience. You you actually. Uh, you I know what it is. I just don't know how to say. I know. I'm. Well, telling he's telling the, the audience. Right. You know. looked at you looked at God. me like right. I was some sort you're of. Because you're my you're my guest. I, I couldn't say it. I know. So like sous vide. I just used like, the sous vide last night. So. Did you? So well, like explain you, it. you basically boil it. So tell people how you would sous vide bacon. Would it work? So, well, ba- bacon would take a lot longer, but some of the magic of bacon really is in frying the bacon. Um, There's a lot so of magic in bacon. Think, I don't think sous vide bacon is is that great. Mm. Um, uh, the sous vide. What's interesting about the sous vide that's hard to wrap your arms around is basically it, it is in a bag. It's it's vacuum sealed because you don't want air in that bag at the same time. Or, or water. Hotels have used it and restaurants have used it forever. So you can actually put a steak in there. And say you set it at 130, which is basically medium rare. Mm-hmm. You can let it sit in there for two hours or eight hours. It will never cook beyond medium rare. It just sits there in that spot. But what you have to do is when you take the steak out, you have to sear it somehow. Mm. Otherwise, it's, it's weird. Like and soggy. It, it's the same. Yeah, it's medium rare all the way through, but it's this weird kind of shapey kind of thing. But you can take an inferior cut of meat, 
sous vide it for six hours and it comes out tender like a filet. Um, fish is phenomenal in a sous vide because you can't overcook fish, which happens a lot. Uh, so fish works out really good in a sous vide. Um, but I'm, 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 I'm less on team sous vide right now. And I'm way on more team pellet grill smoker right now. Ooh, I've done some primer. Okay. I've done everything on there. I should have bought. Are I you like a Traeger guy or what do you use? Um, I actually have a pit boss, but um, Traeger's, Traeger's good as well. Um, but I've done whole prime ribs on there. Oh my and God. I mean, it's just perfect. The temp control on those babies. So out of this world. Somebody wants to ask about cigars, which dumb. <laughs> um, <laughs> uh, Kevin asks again, is um, Ezra Zion keeping the old blends or will most of the Nomad blends moving forward be new? I have no idea. Well, well, I, yeah, I don't know. I've you seen, don't work I've there anymore, do you? Of, I've, I've, seen, I've seen them put on a lot of new blends. They're doing small batch stuff. Um, the old blends, I know they still have, but I really, I really, I really couldn't answer did that. Did you like on know. your last day? Did you go into like an aging room and just like duffel bag a bunch of stuff? Like, oh, this didn't exist. Like, <laughs> <laughs> uh, 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 unaf- hypothetically, I may have plenty of cigars. <laughs> <laughs> on the record or off the record? Now, I have not heard of this. Talk about John Moore says, "Be the lime." He says he's been following you for years and years. He wants to talk about be the lime. So instead of a bag of lemons, be the one lime. Be different. Yeah, so it's a book that I wrote, and it's a concept that I need to go back to. And I did like six podcasts for it, mm. I think, maybe. Um, this is number seven. This. Yeah, this is number seven. <laughs> so I wrote a book. So basically, the idea was that it was a visionary thing, but the idea was be the lime, the world has enough lemons. So the book was written about, and it's very basic. It's a very basic book, but basically talks about how to do things different, how to, how to stand out in a crowd. And it, it revolves around a lot around social media and things like that. Uh, and it's just some of my experiences and anecdotes about that. But basically the idea is that, you know, you have to stand out. You either have to, in, in any market, you have to be unique or, or you have to be exclusive. Mm. So if you're exclusive, you get all the business in the world. But if you're in a, in a muddy market, you look at the cigar industry, and it's funny because, you know, you'll go to a shop, and, you know, everything I thought would be easy about the industry was not, and everything I thought was going to be hard was relatively easy. But, you know, you'll go to a shop, it's like, well, I'm not going to carry your brand if it's in the store across the street. And, you know, I think Steve Sock is the one that said, well, you've got my competition two inches away from my cigar. Hmm. You know, I mean, yeah. so, so you have to stand out. And that's really the big elusive element that everybody in the cigar industry is dealing with because you know what the dirty little secret is for the most part anybody that's been in the industry for a while we all had good cigars we all have great cigars if you're with the right factory and there's consistency and you're you're spending the money on tobacco we all have good cigars so what's the difference between a cigar making it on the shelf and not because we've all seen some great cigars just fall yeah. off you know they just don't what's make the them differentiator yeah, I mean, so that's that magic bullet of, you know, what makes people remember that cigar, remember that brand. Um, and so that's the big thing. And Be The Lime was basically based on that. It's like, how can you stand out? How can you be different? How can people remember who you are? So what are some, what are just, I mean, maybe just off the top of your head, what are some of the things that you can do, you know, to stand out? I mean, let's just stick with cigars for now. Okay, well, Because so, that so, can happen so, so, in, in any okay. industry. But what, what, what do you do in the cigar industry to stand out? Well, I think in, in the beginning, certainly for Nomad, social media was big. So it was a matter of, you know, you got to be in the trenches. you got to be talking to consumers. You know, my philosophy in the very beginning, and I said it on day one, Coop brought it up four years later and put it in my face because I, and I still believed it. But basically, 
you know, when, if a guy walked into a humidor and he bought three cigars and one of them was a nomad, I owed it to that guy that if he reached out on Twitter or Facebook or email to respond to the guy because that guy spent one third of his budget that day on my cigar. I owed him a good experience. It didn't move the needle. It didn't put me on a plane somewhere to Nicaragua. It didn't pay for the next batch of cigars or boxes or anything like that. But that guy entrusted part of his budget on my cigar. And I think you need to have, in today's day and age, you need to have that one-to-one connection with the consumer. And I think it's where some of the, some of the guys that are old school, and I'm not going to say who they are, but I think it's why you've got some great cigars that are underappreciated in the U.S. market because they haven't made that visceral connection mm. with the consumer that to talk to them directly. And that's why the boutique boom happened, because the boutique guys – they were in the trenches. They were talking to the consumer. They were talking about the story. People want to know the backstory. They want to know the guy. And it's very few exceptions of people that have phenomenal cigar lines out there that aren't necessarily one-on-one with the consumer. That's very rare in today's market. They want to know who's behind it. That's the whole craft beer thing. That's the whole yeah. cigar boutique. You know, that's really what it's about. Well, Fred, that, that actually applies to sort of any industry. Uh, we consult with a lot of companies for, on social media. And, you know, a, a lot of companies think, oh, we get a social media account, we'll, we'll start posting like, hey, this is for sale, this is a new cigar. But it isn't until you start the interaction Well, that's process. what you said when you started the dojo, right? Every right. single post? I literally, when I started the dojo, you know, I literally responded to every single post that was made. And, like, yeah. and in a real way, like not just like a canned response. Yeah. Like I read the post and I like said, you know, I responded back. It's what you're talking about, Fred, is... is is respond to them in a realistic sort of personal way to where they have some sort of connection to you. So when they go into the shop and they see 500 cigars and they look through those 500 cigars, maybe some are on the top shelf and the gorgeous, some are on lower shelves, they get less space. But they say to themselves, you know what, this guy took the time to talk to me uh, and and I, I have some sort of connection with this brand and they, that it could be the thing that, that drives them to purchase your brand. And that's super important. Yeah, you, look, you support people that are genuine that you like. You know, we've all been to a cigar event that the cigar maker's an absolute jerk. I don't care how much you like that cigar. You're not buying that cigar anymore. You're not. Uh, believe me, I know you that. Know. I know that. I'm a total a-hole. <laughs> <laughs> um, so Nomad, you know, kind of the concept behind it, or at least the term Nomad, off the beaten path. What would you re- recommend as far as cigars you've come across that are under the radar, that are off the beaten path, that aren't? getting those, you know, top-end, top-of-the-shelf promotions, but that are kind of there. That's that's an Scott audience O'Neill. question by, this, by Scott, by the way. I, so, I like, I didn't cigars, think of that. cigars that I smoke or just in general or, I mean... Take that in at any I mean, door you'd like. I, I mean, I, I'm, I'm all across the board <laughs> on, on cigars. Um, you know, at any given time, if you ask me what I'm smoking, um, it, it's across the board. I mean, I'm one of those people, it's, it's like a wine drink. You know, what are you in the mood for? What are you eating and things like that? Um, you know, I think there's some solid brands out there that are doing absolutely the right thing. I think, um, you know, if you look at the lists that come out and things like that, you know, the lists are cool, but they're partially, um, you know, partially paid for partially. They're your friends. It's a blogger or something like that. That gives you a little bit of extra love and that's okay. I mean, it's reciprocal and stuff like that, but there are some guys out there that I think are doing some really solid stuff and, and, and it's nice to see them get the credit, um, Personally, so it's like just looking at like CA's list, um, Nick's Wiseman Maduro is probably, you know, when that cigar came out in a Maduro, 
and we were doing the shows, and I think we probably talked about it at the shows and stuff like that. You know, everybody go like, Fred, what'd you have at the show that you really liked? And and that list has been pretty small for me the last several years. Um, Nick, for me, has been very impressive. His entire portfolio is very impressive to me. Um, I remember having the Wise Mandura when he put it out, and I don't know when he gave it to me whether it was out yet or not, but I remember thinking, man, this is a really, really good cigar. Um, I think uh, Dion and Illusion, I think that, um, and I've said it before, um, and not, not in a racist way, but I think he has the best palate for a white guy in the industry. <laughs> I mean, you know, just, I mean, whatever that guy puts out, whether you like that blend or not, he's got an amazing palate and creates amazing, amazing product. Yeah, well, Nick's, um, Nick's Tabernacle, uh, uh, Connecticut Cuban Seed was our number one cigar of the year, and uh, the Illusioni one-off was our number 10. So we yeah. we agree with you on that. In, in fact, uh, you know, that what's cool about, say, Dion and, and um, Kyle Gellis from Warped is... Yeah, you know, Kyle's, that, an, Kyle's another one. Right, he's another fun. one. But here's my point with those guys is they're, they're getting great tobacco from Aganorsa Leaf, right? It's just great tobacco. Yeah. But yet they're yeah. able to somehow interject something into those blends that do set them apart, even from, you know, like I can smoke an Aganor Leaf cigar and I love it, and I can sense that tobacco almost like I can a Cuban. But uh, both Dion and Kyle are very good at finding ways to sort of make it a little bit different, and that can't be easy to do. They, they're doing something in there that's making those cigars unique. And uh, and and that's something to be said for those guys. And that's why they've ended up on our lists almost every single year. But those guys. Yeah, and I and I and I can't speak for them, but I mean, as a blender, what I can say is that the, the level of consistency is probably you know some guys go down there and they're like, look, I want Jalapa, and they don't care what farm. Um, when you start getting to that intricate of flavor profiles and that precise, they're down to the farm. Right. They're 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 down to the lots and going, look, this is all we can make because this is the only lot coming from this farm. I guarantee you they're getting down to that level of intricacy on there because you cannot maintain consistency and have such unique styled blends to way you're saying it. Because you're right. You can have one cigar come out of that factory that's using all the same tobaccos or you think they are. And then another cigar just seems to be a home run. Um, you know, palette wise. And, you know, these guys that have attention to detail that, that they get it. They, they definitely get it. OK, uh, Fred, before we get to our weekly top five, which will be the last segment of the show, I just want to ask you, what's your what's your gut feel on the state of the cigar industry? Where do you how do you do the doctor patient? Yeah. If, if you were if you were a doctor. Right. And the cigar industry came into your office and you had a checkup. Yeah. You, know, you like told the cop. Yeah. <laughs> 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 you did, did a few of those things. Uh, what what sort of uh, you know what sort of prognosis? Where where do you see the the state of the cigar industry right now? Well, I think I think as an industry we, we screwed up. Um, and and the, the and I'm gonna I'm gonna say the you know talk about the FDA because I think that's obviously the biggest looming thing over the cigar industry right now. Um, we spent a lot of time and effort as an industry, not individually, but as an as an industry. Going down the, you know, whether it's medically okay to smoke cigars or not, whether, you know, our doctors say this and their doctors say that and all this other stuff. And the boat we missed, and it's even more evident now than it was in 2013 when I brought it up because I remember sitting, or no, 2012, I remember sitting in a meeting with Pete Johnson and a bunch of other guys from IPCPR and all these other people, and they were talking about, you know, how this fight was, you know, on the horizon. And 
I kept saying, look, this is a freedom issue. This is not a whether it's healthy or not to smoke cigars. This is a freedom issue. Right. And we needed to pair with other organizations like the NRA and things like that, that were, you know, mm. look, these are freedom issues and they, they get you gain traction. And this political uh, this political market is, is even more evident than it was back then. It's a freedom issue, and that really should be our stand. It shouldn't be whether it's okay or not. It's not an illegal product. Mm. When you grandfather in some cigars and not others, mm. you've acknowledged that it's an okay product to have on the shelf. How is marijuana gaining so much traction, and we're getting beat down left and right? You know, this is a freedom issue, and I, and I really think we still have time to take that head on, but we just haven't. And I remember talking to a guy about that um, in Chattanooga one time, and the guy said, the guy said, look, he says, I'm a member in the NRA. I don't believe, you know, I don't have a gun. I, I don't necessarily believe that, you know, I should have a gun. He says, but I believe you should have the right to have a gun. So I joined the NRA, so they had my membership to fight that fight. I think we can get more people like that. And I'm going to tell one quick story real quick, because Christian sure. Hudson in Springfield, Missouri, has a shop called Just For Him. Great smoke shop. You know, half of it's retail. It's just got really cool stuff. Great humidor. Great guy. He lost the right to smoke in his town. Basically, they weren't allowed to smoke in the lounge. He went back and got a petition, but he also went to non-smokers and go, look, I know you don't smoke, but do you believe we should have the right to smoke in our mm. shop? And they said, yeah, they signed it. He got it overturned. That, to Preach. me, was the case study mm. that we need to take nationally and, and go to non-smokers and go look. And, and, and as non-smokers, we, and, I, and I've gotten in trouble for saying this, but bottom line is as non-smokers, we have to respect non-smokers' rights just as much as we want them to smoke ours. Don't go to a public park and sit in a playground and smoke in a, in, in a, in a, in a playground because you think it's your right. Don't take pictures next to do not smoking signs and post them on social media because you know what? We just look like jerks. Yeah, so we have to we have to respect theirs, their views as much as ours. And then I think we'd, we'd have a much better chance. What a great point that um, you made that it really doesn't boil down to the health issue. It boils down to the freedom issue. And this is the thing that, I, Jack, I've pounded on this show for years. Freedom. Is when you go to vote, I don't care whether you're a Republican or Democrat or whatever, vote for people that value liberty. That That's my thing. Yeah. If, you, yeah. if you value liberty, and there's a reason why, I mean, now we're getting really crazy philosophical here, but there's really nothing crazy different from the United States from any other country, right? I mean, yeah, there's some geological differences. You know, we have two coasts and whatnot. But when it really boils down to it, why did this country become the greatest country in the world? It was, it was liberty. Mm. And so it's the liberty yeah. aspect that we need to hang on to. Wow. And, and Fred is echoing that exact this sentiment. Is it's all about freedom. Now, sometimes we use our freedom for stupid things. I, but mostly me. <laughs> but, <laughs> but, but that... The, the consequences of people using freedom for stupid reasons is far better than losing the freedom initially. So thank you, Fred, for bringing that up. That's yeah, an absolutely yeah. fantastic point. Folks, it's time for our weekly top now five. Now let's talk about Yay! fast food. Let's talk about, <laughs> let's let's talk talk about, about our, our weekly top five, which is, folks, this is the weekly top five. And today it's the uh, weekly top five best fast food options or meals and fred i had i had you uh answer some of these and we had some yep. in common so let's start with the first one which is the number one is is in and out burger 
Yeah, I, I think most. Wait, people are you can... are you working backwards? Lemons? It's not. No, it's no, not no, like no, a, no, working... no. It's not a. It's not a. Yeah, I'm working backwards. Five. This is. This oh, is you're in saying, no particular order. Yeah, no particular order. This is in no particular order. No, but this is the first. So there's this. There's this Jack. There's this big. There's this big uh, divide between In-N-Out Burger and Whataburger. Burger. They're both can be good, but I mean In-N-Out Burger to me, th- that's one of my top five. See, I and mean, I think that us coming from a place that doesn't have In-N-Out Burger, right. you we don't have Whataburger to, either. We don't have either. And you know, I you go to Vegas or California or where you know those places that have them, and it's like you know you go there and it's unique, and you got the animal and the fries and the. I think that's what makes it for me the kind of the novelty aspect of it. Fred, you're, I know you're a big In and Out yeah. guy. Oh, um, I'm I'm more Whataburger than Oh, he's in and out. Oh, um, oh. I, 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 I am. Um, now, when you sent I, me the they're, thing, they're you said In and Out Burger. You sent me it. No, okay. It was on the honorable mention. Oh. No, but look, you know, I mean, I, I, look, burgers are big for me. Um, neither of those, when you start talking about what's a great burger, neither Whataburger or In-N-Out make my list of going, hey, this is the best burger. Mm-hmm. Um, but if you're talking fast food, grab and go, um, you know, both of them will fit the bill. You know what I like about In-N-Out Burger, Fred, is... You can get a burger, in and out burger, and there's there is actually some pink oh. in the meat. Yeah, 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 yeah. You yeah. know what I mean? Like, like you it, can't. You feel like you're eating meat. I feel like I'm eating actual and beef. Fred got it right. Like, there's so many people that go there for the first time, and they're like, "That wasn't the best burger I ever had." That's not supposed yeah, to be the best yeah, burger you've ever not, had. It's but it's a fast food <laughs> burger. In comparison to the fast food aspect. Right. But, but in and outs genius is the secret menu. Yes. yes. Right. That's what I'll agree with you. That, and, and I will give them the marketing edge over Whataburger for that. But Whataburger from a family run, the stuff they do, the reach out to the community and stuff like that, I, I give them an edge on that. They're, they're awesome. For yeah, that. that's the one cool thing about both Whataburger and In-N-Out Burger is it's family run and the you, the customer service is fantastic. All right, so uh, number two, yep. Jack. This is I, I know this is a big one for you, Jack. As far as yeah, Chick Fil A. Chick Fil A. As far as like actual fast food places that I, it's the only one that I go to on any sort of regular basis. You sort of feel like you're eating healthy. I don't know why. I don't. I don't know. Like they just treat me like such like with such respect. I feel like I'm like a foreign dignitary. Like, of course, sir. Oh, hey. Yeah, hey, sometimes the, so uh, the my pleasure gets a little creepy. No, not for me. <laughs> <laughs> not for well, me. Well, look, if you're, if, you're talk- if you're talking chicken, um, it's tough to beat in chains. It's tough to beat, you know, Chick-fil-A. It really is. I mean, the only chicken tender that comes close to me is uh, Cane's. Mm, they're very good. And that Chick-fil-A sauce. It's Ooh. like crack. I don't, and that's the thing yeah. about Chick-fil-A yeah, sauce. They got a couple nice wrinkles. Like, the only open on Sunday thing. It kind of creates like never like every Sunday. No, yeah. never. Oh, Sorry, yeah, Sunday. never. That'd be crazy if they just did the opposite. <laughs> which, every, which, every time I crave that's, Chick-fil-A, it's is like I'm leaving Lowe's at like 11:30 in the Sunday. morning, and I'm like, oh, I want Chick-fil-A. I'm like, oh, yeah. That I think it like, creates this like longing. Right. It's it's a, it's a, it gets you going. And you're like, oh, I want. I got to have it Monday. Time, you're like, yeah. So right. And that drive-through is always packed, and they're always booming through. And yeah, and yeah. I will say about Chick-fil-A, I, I completely forgot what I was going to say. Well, let's just move on. Oh, the Chick-fil-A sauce. I never. I always bring a few home with me, oh, and yeah. I never remember because the only time I, I want Chick-fil-A sauce is when I'm eating Chick-fil-A. I never think like I'm making this steak. I no, want some Chick-fil-A sauce. I've got so a I just whole have like, drawer full. like a thousand of them. I only use it during Chick-fil-A. <laughs> how how about uh, this was also on Fred's list? Uh, Arby's. Jordan, 
Here's the thing with Arby's. What, like, <laughs> rank, what is it? Rank their their uh, marketing strategies because they've had some uh, really good ones. Like they've had some interesting well, ones. Well, they for a while there they had a new like campaign like every five seconds. Right. <laughs> like beef. Yeah. yeah. It was. Uh, <laughs> what, how did it go? It's. It's we got good. It's good. It's good mood food. <laughs> oh, yeah. It's good it's mood. It's good mood food. <laughs> and then, and then that like, one was terrible. And then it was like I'm thinking Arby's. That was brilliant. That was yeah. a good one. I'm thinking Arby's. Because like I still think about that. Now it's head. we have the meats, but we, now they've got uh, the we have the meats is a little aggressive for me. Like we have the like like you know the meats. Like <laughs> but, hey, right. we, if you want your meats back. But yeah. then they got now they got John Benjamin on there, Bob's Burgers, mm. and that it's improved a lot. All right. So uh, then here's one. Now this one is a twofold one. It's uh it's McDonald's. Now here's the thing with McDonald's. I don't know that a McDonald's hamburger is is actually what is actually in it. <laughs> it might be meat. It might be some other foreign matter. subject. It's not really a hamburger, Fred. But there's something about it that tastes good, anyways. Mm. I don't know. I think it's, I think it's your childhood. Mm. Okay. I think we all grew, we all grew up. It's a familiar animal. It's like every time I go into McDonald's, though, you know, I'm behind that guy that doesn't know what he wants. Who doesn't have the McDonald's guy? <laughs> right I'm like, dude, there's like seven numbers up there. Pick one. Well, here's, here's the thing. It's, it's their fries. And, Jack, maybe you can dive into this a little bit. But there was a, There's a podcast that's really interesting that talks about how they used to make their fries with beef tallow, which is like beef fat. Yeah, yeah. And that's when they were like prime because they got their ultimate crunch. Yeah, yeah. And then there was this huge campaign and they got rid of all the fats because they were convinced the fats were the problem. And now their fries are using like vegetable oil or corn oil, and it makes yeah, them a little. Good. It's not the crispy glory. But it turns out that that's not bad for you after all. Yeah, the beef tallow wasn't the it problem. Was, no. Like Fred, yeah, if you back. if you just wait five, if there's something that you love and it turns out that it's really bad for you, just wait five years. Yeah, that's because good. Now. It'll be good for you because it'll be good for you. Yeah. But but also, are eggs, are eggs good right now? Or is I, think, I don't know. I think eggs are, eggs are good, but the no. white you only there's, have to eat the whites, and you can only look at them. And it's like, <laughs> if you look at egg whites for breakfast, then it's really good for you. All right, Fred, so we also have the McRib on there. Now, this is not what. This is just part of the McDonald's uh, theme here. But, yeah. Fred, you've, you've yeah. literally flown to get McRibs. I'm, I might have. Well, and McRib, and the nice thing about the McRib, they also, like, the Shamrock Shake is another thing that kind of gets, like, just the rarity of it. Like, if they always had the McRib, would that kind of take a little bit away from Look, it? I, I oh, know that's a great McRib question. like... The McRib is like this fake pressed rib meat, blah, blah. I don't care. It's delicious. It's pickles and onions, barbecue sauce. It's delicious. <laughs> you, know, you know who really capitalizes on the limited edition of, of, of uh, fast food? Craft fast food, yeah. you were about to say. It's KFC. Yeah. They don't ever have anything on the menu that's almost ever there for, for good. Well, the double All down. I don't, eat, I don't go there. We've I talked about there. now. There's been after Thanksgiving, though. After Thanksgiving, we all make that bowl that's just like mashed potatoes and stuffing and, and turkey, and you pour stuff on it. And then, so I did that like three years ago, and I make it, and I'm like, I just made the KFC bowl that I've been making fun of. <laughs> when did I become? Yeah. Our final uh, top five. Now this is this is what you do when you've had too many, and it's like two in the morning. Yeah, this is one Taco Bell, Taco Bell is like oh, it's kind of yeah. like that, you know, like Taco Bell's that mistake I keep making. You know, it's like it's like that X you just can't quit. It's like I I'm like I know that Taco Bell is gross. And I know like I, I like they hand me it and it's just kinda like nothing is like everything's like floppy. Like even the hard tacos are somehow like well 
but it's like but you have to you have to separate it because you have to separate taco. But one, it's not Mexican food. No, that's so one. That was my point about McDonald's. Category. But look, I'll buy a ten pack of Taco Supremes and I'll eat four for breakfast. Oh. I mean, it's just you know, it's just there's something about that food that's just. And I don't know what it is. Two in the morning. Yeah, the scientists that like created this food and they're like, they're like, all right, maybe you know they'll eat it at 4 p.m. What about Taco Bell breakfast though? I've heard good things about Taco Bell breakfast. I've never had it. Nobody, nobody, nobody walks into Taco Bell going, you know what? Screw the last five years of my life. (laughs) We all know it's not good for. Yeah. (laughs) Apparently we had like you left off my number four. What was your number four? Krispy Kreme glazed donut. Oh, oh man. Now, does that fit into the... I think it does. And have you no, ever... None of their other donuts are good. No, none oh, of their no, other no, donuts no, are no, good. No, 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 no. But that, if that light's on, the problem is I can't eat one. I'm yeah. going to eat six. And then they, like, re-swell back up in your stomach later. Like, have you ever, like Cinnabon. Have what you have ever I done? pulled up and it's like they just ran out of the glaze and you sit there and wait like a crackhead? <laughs> You're like, come on, yes. man. <laughs> you know, I got 20 minutes. Come on, man. Give me the donuts. You know, my, my uncle, my uncle Mike in California, there was a, a new Krispy Kreme opened up, right? Mm. And, like, there's people lined up for miles, literally miles. <laughs> And he's waiting in this line that's like two hours long, right? And he gets up there, right? And they're like, what would you have, sir? And he's like, I'll have one. And they're like, oh, you want a dozen? Uh, and he's like, no, I want one. <laughs> <laughs> I want one donut. <laughs> I just want one. I want to see what the fuss is about. <laughs> I want to see what it's all about. <laughs> but there is something about those. They literally like melt in your mouth. And then you oh, got yeah. back in line for more. Yeah. Yeah. That's right. I, I don't know that I've even eaten any of the other donuts. I don't no. care about the other donuts. They're horrible. They <laughs> Actually, all the other donuts, they they're run They're just glazed donuts. They're glazed donuts, and then they'll, they'll put chocolate over the top of yeah. that. It's not as yeah, it's not as not good. The same. But folks, that is your uh, weekly top five, weekly top five fast food joints in the world. We ended the uh, music. Jeff said this time he loves the music. So shout out Jeff. Oh, so at first Jeff didn't like the music. No, oh. he still hates it. <laughs> uh, all right, all right. He still we hates. have a weekly top five he music. Still, yeah. He still hates the music. But hey, uh, Fred, I want to thank you so much for taking the time to join us on a yeah, Friday man. night for Smoke Night Live, my man. And we're yeah. so excited to see what, what you have in store for us because you're one of the guys that I follow on Twitter. I follow on Facebook. I'm always reading your stuff. One of the things I really liked that you did, uh, Fred, was your your newsletter that you used to send out uh, when you were with Nomad Cigars. It was sort of a personalized weekly newsletter. But you re- you really got that, and I think that you have a lot of value. Whatever you do from here on out, I sort of see you Maybe being you start su- selling limes. Yeah, you could be a lime yeah, salesman. I'll, I should start that back up. It was fun. It was fun. It was a pointless newsletter, but it was still fun. <laughs> that was – that. That's the thing. It's like, you know, like if people are always trying to think of a point, well, maybe the point is just to entertain folks, make them happy for a couple of minutes of their life, and then when they see your product, they might buy it. Yeah. Yeah. All right, my man. Well, uh, don't go away. Hang with us. Uh, I want to talk to you after the show. But uh, that was uh, Smoke My Live episode 179, Jack. We're, we're inching towards 200. Wow. Inching towards 200. That's, that's what I'm calling my diet. Ever so slightly, baby. (laughs) So, uh, hey, Dojo, tonight uh, we're gonna have some fun like we normally do on the Dojo. We'll see some now playing, have some fun, smoke some cigars, share what you're smoking, share what if you're smoking a Nomad, post it on the Dojo. We Mm want to see it in honor of our guest Fred because it was great having him on the show. Great hooking back up with Fred. Uh, We haven't talked to him for a year or so, and a lot has changed. Well, we talked to him. 
in like a couple weeks ago. Yeah, but, but yeah. I mean, as far as you know, but never, not formally, not like you Fred. Know, do you think you'll go to? You think you'll go to IPCPR this year just for funsies? Uh, I will be there. Ooh, baby! Will you help us do some media coverage? Yeah, yes. you, uh, how, can we hire you? <laughs> I I can break away from what I'm doing. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> you can hang out with us for uh, at least a couple of those days. But uh, no, it's been great having Fred on the show, uh, folks. Uh, next week on the show. We will have Michael Knowles. Now, if you're not familiar with Michael Knowles, he is a famous uh, blogger, podcaster. You Pundit. see him on CNN. You see him on Fox News. But, Jack. He's a cigar smoker. He is a big-time cigar smoker. They have a show that they do. It's called uh, Back pay, Backstage. Yeah, Daily Wire Backstage. Daily Wire Backstage, where they just sit around. They drink whiskey and smoke cigars. And talk about politics. And so he's going to be on the show next Friday. That's going to be super cool to get a kind of a completely different perspective in the industry on cigars. So until next week, remember, never, never smoke, smoke alone. alone. See you guys next week. Hey, my friends. Hope you enjoyed the show. Make sure you check out all the amazing features we offer at JRCigars.com. Join our JR Plus and get free shipping and exclusive offers for an entire year at one great price. Subscribe to our Cigar of the Month Club and we'll send you five premium cigars each month, plus a sixth one if you're a JR Plus member. Lastly, download our Beat the Dealer app or play the brand new desktop version featuring a brand new slot game. You can win cigars and other great prizes while also taking advantage of exclusive daily deals. Experience all this and more at JR Cigar. The world's largest cigar store, just a click away.